How did this happen? Experienced politician versus racist fake gynecologist. Get your abortions now. Because we're going to be fucked and we're going to have to live with it. You're awake, by the way. You're not having a terrible, terrible dream. Deeper concerns tonight that the world's shining light of democracy has gone dark. Decency lost last night, and that's what's so hopeful about this. From slavery to Nazism, we have faced challenges before to who we are as a people. Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. As an earnest child, Matt believed you could really wish upon a falling star. His faith in the magic waned through the years as star after star plummeted from the heavens, and yet he still never awoke to find Mario Lopez's dick in his mouth. <laughs> Thank you for staying with me on that one. Okay. <laughs> is it falling star or shooting star? I have no idea. I don't believe in magic. I'm Jewish. <laughs> uh, this week's show is sponsored by Valentine's Day. That special day each year when you buy your girlfriend something special and then she lets you fuck her. Oh, God damn it. When is that? Is that the 15th, 17th? Can I finish? Oh. Valentine's Day, because prostitution absolutely needed a better title. <laughs> uh, uh, it is the 14th, and isn't it bizarre that we uh, romanticize this day when basically you buy a girl something and then she lets you have sex with her? Is this your interpretation of yes. Valentine's Day? Yes. Being Cupid. Being Cupid. I mean, that's basically kind of like what happens, right, guys? Well, look, guys buy their girls. Guys are not romantic. Let's put that out there. And if they are romantic, by the way, they're romantic throughout the year, not just on Valentine's Day. So the few guys who are romantic guys don't wait for one day a year to be romantic. So guys who just buy shit for like their girls. gay girl- guys? Yeah, there's, there's a few guys who like just whatever. Re- gay guys and uh, I guess guys who want sex during the year. So, but the, val- the guys who buy gifts for their girlfriends, like special gifts only on Valentine's Day, are do- either doing it because they're scared or because they want to get laid. Right. So, and then the, if they buy the girl in a, if they buy the girl an appropriately nice gift that she can brag to her friends about, then they get like a blowjob. Is the does <laughs> that's, the, that's my interpretation? Does the girl buy the guy a gift or? Yeah, she does, but it's not. But it doesn't matter because you can't complain. The guy can't complain. And by the way, you're not. The guys don't get on Facebook chats with their friends, with their guy friends about what they got for Valentine's. No, 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 no. The move on Valentine's, you know, for anyone that's listening, I've I've figured this out. You say, uh, you know. It's going to be the restaurants are going to be really busy. It's really busy restaurants. Yeah, always throw that out there. So you go, uh, how about we just get some wine? So you got to say the wine first because they're like, oh, wine. You can't be like, let's get uh, some Maker's Mark. You know, that's not going to work. <laughs> Sixer. <laughs> Sixer of Corona Light. Yeah, so you get, we get some wine and, uh, you know, I'll make something. I like that. And, uh, make a nice pasta, you know, yeah. save yourself a few dollars. It's like saying I'm cheap, but I'm not acting cheap. But ultimately, isn't it really about it's just a fake show of some financially based affection in order to get laid um yeah and isn't that process isn't that basically just prostitution well women like to know that that you care um but oftentimes you know in in financial terms i don't know i was at uh the cvs on where all the trannies hang out on highland and santa monica yeah thank you for the address i like i didn't know where all the trannies hang out (laughs) and eddie murphy uh and there was this really hot chick like a supermodel looking chick and she was browsing the card aisle for like a long time. I was returning something, uh, like it was like the wrong. It was like a computer chip or something. Anyway, so I was there for a long time, uh, and she was like browsing the cards for like an hour. And she finally selected the right card, and it was a Valentine's uh, Day card 
for a guy she was obviously dating, and I was, my only thought was that guy must be fucking rich. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> she's spending an hour on the card. She spent an hour on the card. It, it was heartwarming, and then I it came back to realization for me. Yeah. Also, you stared at this woman for an hour. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> that was that was kind of scary. If you wish to contact the show, here's us on Twitter at Last Minute Podcast or on Facebook. Also, Last Minute Podcast. All right, on to the show. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, many years ago, there was a thing called A Day Without a Mexicans uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, I don't know if you were here yet when they had Day Without a Mexicans, but all the Mexicans threatened to go on strike and see if California could survive without any Mexican labor. Uh, and they made a movie about it, to which my short answer is no. There's no way in hell we could actually survive without Mexican labor. <laughs> Maybe 50 years ago. Yeah. But as far as I know, the state of California is completely dependent on both legal and illegal. No, let's deport all Mex- the Mexicans, and then your fat-ass wives can start, um, you know, taking out their own trash to the landfills and shit. Yeah, there's basically, there's, uh, I don't always believe that argument about, like, the illegal immigrants, Mexicans doing jobs that Americans won't do. But it's 80% correct. It's 80% correct. I, I believe it. Yes, it's 80% correct. And or you'd have to double or triple the price you pay for people to do those same jobs. So, you know, the whole idea of, like, I don't, I don't like the argument people say your head of lettuce is going to cost you 8 bucks because, by the way, who the fuck buys a head of lettuce? But, you know, your McDonald's will go to 10 bucks or 15 bucks. People can relate to that. That's, a, that's another urban myth, though, or misconception. It's not like white dudes are beating down the door for hard labor jobs. They're just not. No, you'd have to raise the price. You'd have to raise the rates a lot to get those people to take those jobs. Let's put it this way. No one's fucking collecting, sh- you know, shit buckets for $4 an hour. That's your, that's your Mexican labor. Having said that, the women are, women have joined, <laughs> joined the fun. And uh, the w- people who organized the Women's March, and I don't know there actually was people who organized the Women's March. I thought it came together spontaneously. But I guess there's a group of women at the, at the core of it are now following up the successful Women's March with a day without a woman. It's going to be a boycott, a national boycott, where women are not, go- not going to work go to work or do things around the house. Uh, I Are guess they it, not going to fuck? Has this been No, no broached? sex. No, no sex. Are you kidding me? That's the first thing on the list. Uh, they're going to show, I guess, men? I guess it's, it's, men are the only ones not invited. I guess they're going to show men what life would be like without women around. Well, men could go to the Women's March, from what I understand. So can men also participate in the Day Without a Woman March? Uh, no. No. You're ruining the Day Without... You're already, it hasn't happened yet. You're already ruining so it. So they're not going to go to work for a day, and this is their big protest. Uh, they're going to do nothing for a day. They're really putting themselves out <laughs> yes, there. Yes, they really are. Uh, I don't know. To me, this seems like... They were like everyone got jazzed up. The women's march was fairly successful in terms of numbers and how yeah. excited women got about it. So women from blue states flocked to the Washington D.C. They all met with their old college roommates and got high and made stupid signs and did all the shit women love. Hired the- Stephen Colbert's joke writers <laughs> <Yes>. to make <laughs> many many witty signs. <laughs> but they did. The three, what do women love? Travel, arts and crafts. Uh, <laughs> drinking wine or getting high with other women. Not too rigorous exercise. Not too rigorous exercise. Screaming at the top of their lungs. <laughs> and the march, the women's march had everything. It was like, to me, it was like dudes who go to like... They travel. should have handed out little Chardonnay glasses like they do water bottles at the marathon. Yes. I mean, I would make fun of it. It basically was guys who tailgate at football games. Yeah, yeah. Who like write letters on their... On their Except not as cool. Not as cool. Guys who like get drunk in the parking lot and throw, you know, write letters on their, on their bare bellies and scream <laughs> and high five each other and talk about how they were... They were key to the victory of their team that day. Yeah, that shit's hilarious. It's about the, it's about the same level, guys. They're stupid guys, too. But uh, let me ask you. So I can see these, girl, these women really got high off this women's march thing, and they don't want it to end. So they got together, and they said, what's next? And they said, we're going to show, again, I think it's, we're going to show guys. Cause what, what else are they showing uh, that they can't live without women? And they came up with this idea of a national boycott. Is this the dumbest or second dumbest idea you've ever heard? 
It's a pretty retarded idea. Um, remember when the New York uh, Police Department <clears throat> killed uh, that black guy, strangled him to death? Uh, Eric Garner. Garner. And then um, there were a lot of protests. And the, the New York police got mad because they're like, these people are protesting after we killed a guy? What the fuck are these people's problems? And they're like, you know what? We're not really going to do our jobs. And the crime rate stayed the same. Uh, meaning we don't fucking need you. All you're doing is killing people and writing pointless-ass tickets. Um, so I don't know. So even you're saying like even people you would assume are very key to our, our daily life and livelihood and security, when they boycott, nothing really happens either? Uh-huh. You really need a massive... It's funny. Like When you ever look at these boycotts that are successful, they're never really that large a number. It's more about the media attention they get than the actual economic impact they have, which is almost always nil. Mm-hmm. So now there's like a boycott, you know, a Budweiser boycott, whatever boycott Nordstrom's. All the people are going crazy about boycotting Nordstrom's because of... Uh, actually, no, they want... The, 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 the red states want to boycott Nordstrom's where Nordstrom's don't exist. And the blue staters want to shop at Nordstrom's because they're anti anti. Man, wealthy man. white women are—they're yes. so courageous yes. these days. First, they're not going to show up for work for a day, and yes. then they're going to go buy themselves yes. a two hundred dollar yes. purse. I, Fuck, he, heroes I in the in the making. Man. I told you that. People are like actually saying like because Nordstrom's came out and they said they were anti-Trump travel ban. Uh, everyone, all the women are, yeah, everyone's online saying, buy stuff at Nordstrom's, buy stuff at Nordstrom's to show you appreciate them. So this is a good excuse to get those shoes you always wanted. <laughs> whatever shoe, whatever expensive shoes you always wanted. At what to point show. did we get to the, like, I have to go get a massage <laughs> to, to show support for the Korean women who... How do you get? Jesus, how do you get from three hundred? How do you get from three hundred dollars shoes to like helping Syrian refugees? I'm not exactly sure, but in their in their minds that really works. Or a boycott. They're going to be begging us to thank them for just taking a bath and diddling themselves at this point. Uh, yes, but isn't a day without a woman? Do you think we're going to see the impact they think we're going to see? Which is we're going to be are men going to be begging women to come back and then? And by the way, ask yourself this: What are they actually asking for in terms of their boy, in terms of their boycott? Like, what are, their, what are their specific demands? Okay, now you've shown us that we can't uh, live without women because you are 51% of the population. Uh, what do you want? So you've showed us that a guy has to cover your shift, maybe grab a little overtime, and you've taken a sick day, which I don't think you can write that off as a protest. Like, you, you have to that, – that has to be checked off the, yes. the sick day, right? But what is it, what is it outside of abortion rights, because everything seems to be abortion, what is it they actually want? I mean, if – if they 140 million, 160 million women are about to go on strike, what is it? What is it? Or or one tenth of one percent therein? What is it they actually want? Because life is hard, man. You don't understand. It's difficult. I mean, they're fighting against. I understand they're fighting against Trump, but like what? Like what? Outside of abortion, which I get, although it is completely going to remain legal and completely legal in all the states these women come from. What is it they're actually fighting? What is it they're actually fighting for? They're just, it just equal seems to- pay for which we have unequal for equal unequal plenty work. of laws for, in protecting that. In fact, you know when you factor in gratuity tips, um, you know hours taken off, the the ease of getting hired yes. as a woman, we have that. If if not, it's it's probably tipped in in women's favor. Yes, I mean honestly, the one argument I told you about last week that made sense to me was that more women are on minimum wage than, than non women than men are. To me, at the very low end, it made some sense to me. 
But nobody who seems to be complaining about it is at the, at the low end of the spectrum. No one gives a shit about those people. No, they don't. That's a, that's a day without a Mexican. about the, that's the a day without Nordstrom's a crowd. When yeah. was the last time you saw the chick from Popeye's shopping at Nordstrom's, bro? <laughs> uh, that's, that's true, too. Uh, here's the thing. So they, the date has not been, just so you can mark your iPhone calendar, the date has not been set yet. Uh, for a day without a woman, because they're, they're, all the women are checking their calendars and they get back to each other. Sh- so it could be, it could be, could take many, many years. Well, did they realize that if they're not going to do anything that day, can they still grant interviews? I don't know. I'm assuming nail appointments are still on the table, which, by the way, means the Thai, the the Asian slave women have to have to work. Somebody's got somebody's got to work that day to make it make the day without women successful. Um. <laughs> I, just, I would suggest... This should be easy to measure, right? Can't we just check the, the NASDAQ, the NYSE? Well, they're gonna wanna, the women are going to want to lunch, and if they lunch, they're going to have to lunch at a place, and so are the women going to not work at those restaurants where the women want to lunch, and then it's going to be really slow, and they can complain about the service? Well, you know, they're probably in the service industry. There's a, the people working really hard are in the kitchen, but there are hot chicks um, out on the floor, you know, waiting tables, tending bar, that are kind of Are you with thing. me on a day without white males? Uh, <laughs> what is that? When is that happening? When do we get our break? Well, I mean, they'd have to cancel some games. Yeah. Hey, Tom Brady, are you with us or not? That's what I'm <laughs> talking about. Tom Brady Super Bowl. No, no we got to go to work, man. We, we, need to be, we need to be appreciated. All right, I'm calling a day without a woman the dumbest protest I've ever heard of. It'll never happen, by the way, because they'll never get their schedules down. Getting, getting uh, 200,000 women to get their schedules down, even to do nothing, is going to be next to impossible. You can't get three women together to organize a single event. Not going to happen. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, Lady Gaga at the halftime show. I know you did not watch the Super Bowl, but you did watch the halftime show. <laughs> you had a, lo- a lot of alarms that went off to alert you. When all the guys left the room because it was halftime, you entered the room and you're... Uh, with your little Monsters t-shirts on and all the Gaga shit you had. I loved watching the Super Bowl because I bet on the Patriots. And, uh, man, I... Straight I up, you bet on the Patriots straight up? Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't realize how much people... Uh, no, I'm sorry, on the spread, which was three. Minus three. Um, I didn't realize how much people hate the Patriots. And then I, I started becoming like a, almost like a wrestling villain. Yes. Like, like I was just glad that people... Because it's like, why do you care? Like, you're not from either one of these Why do places. people hate the Patriots? I don't even understand I that. I think they're cheating. Oh, well, there's that. And there's the, the Trump stuff, I the guess. The Trump stuff, too. Yeah, but they are a really good team. And Brady is an amazing quarterback, I have to say. If you don't like the guy, you have to respect the guy. There's a lot of things not to like about Tom Brady, I suppose. Just how good-looking he is and how good-looking his wife is. <laughs> and lots of shit. And his complaining about like being touched by defenders. But at the end of the day, he's just an amazing fucking quarterback. To me, quarterback. Tom Brady is probably like, like, a, like a nothing, like a guy that brings nothing to the table. Like you could you're, have talking dinner, about pers- you're talking about personality-wise. Yeah, just in life. I mean, I don't really care that much about football. Um, yeah, like if, if Tom Brady was like, do you want to hang out? I'd be like, well, it depends on if anyone else is going to text me. Well, let's put it this way. Every boy in the entire world, save yourself, who wore dresses, uh, wanted to grow up to be an NFL quarterback. Right. Tom Brady grew up to be an NFL quarterback. He's probably the best ever. And I'm not even a Patriots fan. I'm saying that. So there's something to be said there. Uh, but I know for you, your Tom Brady is Lady Gaga. She represents everything. Born That Way, I think, is your, still your favorite album. It explains a lot. It gives you a lot of positive self-esteem. So Lady Gaga did a halftime show, which I, did, I only saw after the fact on YouTube. I refused to watch it. But apparently it was a pretty good show if you're a Lady Gaga fan, which no NFL, fan, no NFL Wait, why, fans are. Quickly, why is Lady Gaga performing at the Super Bowl? So I, I know why she is, because yeah. they want to target some female audience uh, to, towards an otherwise male thing. But... Um, 
is like Metallica going to perform at the Miss America pageant? Is is Slipknot doing a set at the at the fucking on the View? Like, what are we doing? Well, why, Lady, why do we Ga- Lady Gaga bring. Uh, so okay. why can't we just have a product? Well, it's that, all it's all money. Honest about what it is. It's all money, right? So Lady uh, Lady Gaga her her label pays for the show. She doesn't get paid to perform at halftime. The label actually pays for the show mm-hmm. because whatever they pay in, to produce the show, $5 million, whatever it costs, uh, that is, goes towards against her album sales of her new album. So it's always an artist that has a new album or is touring out there that goes. So they pay down her... They pay down for her production expenses. And then the other end, you know, Fox gets 20, a 15-minute 20, Lady Gaga concert they get to run ads against and probably sold $40 million in ads against. So everybody won, everybody won financially and... I took a long ass shit, so I felt I felt pretty good about why the whole can't thing. Why can't we? Why can't we have you know Bon Jovi? They've had Bon Jovi before. Brian Brian could tell you all the times Instinct performed. But guys that <laughs> watch football listen to Bon Jovi theoretically. Guys that watch football did not listen to Lady Gaga. They intentionally, I think they intentionally went for non-football fans at the halftime show because that just they know the football fans are going to watch everything. So now they just brought in ladies and teen girls and stuff like well, that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Could someone tell that to Lady Gaga? Hey, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no. But she, who here, it is? Here's the thing. Lady Gaga got body. Apparently, Lady Gaga was body shamed for her halftime show. I saw pictures of her. She's not fat at all. She once was. She looked pretty good. She once was rather chunky. Like two or three years ago, she was in a wheelchair. She had one of those fake injuries that puts you in a wheelchair that basically means you're way too much. What? She was in like a. She had like a hip. She wasn't so fat. She needed a wheelchair. <laughs> she wasn't like one of those ladies at Target. But she was like, <laughs> she you know she dances a lot and she probably got a little heavy and she hurt her hips. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see those people that are like. You know, those guys who do the rock shows and pop shows, they dance a lot. They jump around a lot of shit. Yeah. If you're carrying extra weight, you really hurt, start to hurt yourself. Yeah. And so she hurt her hip, and then she lost a lot of weight. And I always see for the Super Bowl, she put in probably eight weeks of hard-ass boot camp training so she'd look great for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So nobody body shamed her. Nobody, nobody called her fat, really. So she had to make shit up and say she heard that people called her fat. That was her language, right? Yeah. I heard that people were yes. body shaming me. Yes. Here's the thing. So it used to be like... You had to be kind of a fat woman, and people called you fat, and then you like made a Facebook post about how you were fat, and you went to J.C. Penney and all the sales ladies made fun of you <laughs> because you were fat. Right. And then it was like later on, it was like, okay, you're you know whoever Hillary Duff, and you got ten thousand positive comments about your bikini pictures, but you found two trolls who called you a tubby, and then you did a whole body shaming article in People about how you were body shamed. Very selective statistical referencing yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> of the fact. And now we're at the point now in 2017 with Lady Gaga where you don't actually even need to find the troll tweets. You can just say you heard they, ex- you heard they existed and therefore I was body shamed and therefore I have this message for all my young fans. Since when is I heard? I know. That's, yeah, you know, I heard. That's what idiots say, by the way. Yeah, I heard the uh, the, the Mexicans are yes. stealing all the women. It doesn't uh, even. Rise. I heard, I heard uh, Jews run the media. It does. Well, that's true. It doesn't even. Uh, it doesn't even rise to the level of hearsay, which is like I heard so and so saying this. <laughs> it's actually you just saying I heard, which just means I'm lying. I'm making this shit up. Yeah, like I can't even bother to like look at my tweets to see if this actually happened. I'm just going to go say it happened. And then she goes off on a rant, you know, a, a, a positive rant to her fans about being being the best you you can be and not not caring what other people say about your body or your image or who you are. Which, by the way, again, nobody did, and she got 99% positive praise for her Super Bowl show. Well, that's because there are so many fat chicks. I mean, she, you know, she understands the statistics here. Speaking of, I heard, I heard there's... You know, a whole nation of fat. So if you say anything her, pro-fat, it's going to be well-received, right? Her, her audience is generally people that are very unhappy with themselves, which is fine. They need singers too, right? So 
part of her shtick is that she is like, you know, it's a born this way thing. Be who you are. You're perfect the way you are. Don't take shit from other people. Don't listen to shamers. It's a horrible message. It's an absolutely horrible message. But I can see how it resonates with a few million people. So, but shouldn't she actually have to really be body shamed before she can go into the argument about not being body shamed? And also, for the record, aren't women, men too, who actually spend a shitload of time making their bodies really perfect so they look great in front of 80 million people on TV because that's their business? the people who actually shouldn't be giving body shaming messages because they've specifically fallen into the trap of trying to look perfect. It's such a horrible cop-out because yes. she obviously, I mean, she has abs. Like, that was some serious time at Equinox. Yes. And, you know, it's almost like the comedian or the or the musician that goes, uh, they have a notebook on stage. I'm going to try this one. Yeah, yeah. You've seen him do it 20 times before. Yes. It's, it's such bullshit to take the effort and downplay your effort so that, which is just rude to the fat chicks too, by the way, because you're you're almost insinuating like that you were born this like just that you kind of she wasn't born with abs she no. wasn't born with a six pack no she was born with a huge schnoz <laughs> she was born with a big schnoz and probably big hips and she went to the gym and fucking worked her ass off until she got nice abs and a tight body because she knew she was going to be on TV and that's how she makes her money so she's like what th- happened to honesty yeah where what the fuck happened to honesty Brian the uh, can we just have a, a model that goes... You I'm, I'm still mad at Brian for saying that his sex chat was talking to his mother. That still bothers me quite a bit. <laughs> well, speaking of honesty... It's a very deep conversation. Yes. I mean, there's, there, there are perhaps one less than 1% of women in this country who make their living off their bodies. She is one of them, who, in good part. Those are the women, actually, who shouldn't be giving body-shaming lectures because those are the women who actually keep their bodies in perfect, abnormally perfect shape to make money. Right. They're actually the ones who should be saying, like, look, I used to be chunky. I was in a wheelchair because my, I got too fat when I was jumping around. Yeah. So I lost weight, went to the gym every day, went on this healthy diet, and now look at me. You can look back if, at me, too. If anything, given Lady Gaga's own bullshit theory, she'd be partly responsible for body shaming yes. because she's trying to pretend it's normal to have an eight-pack. And you can never look like – you could never, without having a professional trainer and a professional nutritionist and actually having two months off – you can never look like no woman could look like Lady Gaga without that. I don't buy that. It's pretty easy to figure out what to eat if you work out. But you can't just, look at you can't willpower. look professionally. Professionally fit is pretty hard to get to. Magazine cover fit is yeah. pretty tough. Yeah. So you're right. Lady Gaga is full of shit. It's not like the information's not out there. Just eat a bunch of vegetables and some protein. Do some cardio, whatever. Do is that some- what is that what you heard works? Yeah, I heard that works. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that works. That's the new standard. Now you have to body. You have to. Say, you have to honestly just say you're body shamed as a bona fide. You can't actually go out there and be sexy as a woman without saying you were body shamed for it because that's like your cover for what you did, which is essentially selling your ass and tits. And you have to cover by saying I was body shamed. That allows you to. It's like your get out of jail free card with all the, all your audience. I mean, if you're ashamed, isn't that on you? I, I, aren't there? <clears throat> Was it, you ever heard Kevin James or like Bobby <laughs> Moynihan or uh, fucking say they were body shamed? Tracy Morgan. No, but that's a pa- that's because of the patriarchy, man. That's because men don't have to suffer the same way women do. Or they men, just know they're fat and they can take a joke. Fat men are just funny and hilarious, whereas fat women are just uh, gross. Well, fat men do fuck hot chicks on TV. They do. They always have much better looking wives in TV shows. So I guess they, the feminist theory might have a. <laughs> Sort of a point there, but honestly, what do we want to watch? A funny guy and a hot chick. That's yes. what chicks want to watch. That's what guys want to watch. That seems to get the $40 million audience. All right, Lady Gaga, here's my thing. Just If you're going to at least complain about body shame, at least produce one fucking tweet from one fucking troll. Just write it yourself. I'm convinced some of these people just write it themselves. 
Just take the fucking two minutes to write it yourself from an anonymous Twitter account <laughs> that has the egg. It always has the egg, right? The yeah, one yeah. you get when you just sign up for an account. Say, uh, you're fat and you're chunky and women suck that are fat. Just write something <laughs> like that. And we'll go, oh, Lady Gaga, the victim of body shaming. Put some, put some effort into your fucking victimization. That's all I'm asking for. All right, we have a new segment this week, Matt. Uh, every week, our segment gets nixed by low ratings. The segment for the previous week is nixed, <laughs> or the FCC, or whatever it is. By the way, I haven't seen the, the Trump appointees of the FCC. I assume they're going to be all old, stodgy people who get rid of, every, get rid of everything. Uh, no, it's, yeah, net neutrality is out the window. All yeah. the mergers uh, gone through. Colin Powell's son was doing that for a while. He's a real piece of shit. Yeah, I'm sure so he is. So is Colin Powell. He is. By Sorry. the way, his name was, do you know his name was, they call him Colin Powell, but his name was Colin Powell. Do you know how he got to mean uh, Colin instead of Colin? No. His mom called him Colin. Growing up, he was Colin. Uh, this, is, this is why I never liked the guy. He had a commander in the military at some point who saw his name, mispronounced it as Colin, and he was too, he calls it loyal, but too afraid to correct the guy and how his name was pronounced. Uh-huh. And so forevermore in the military, he, everyone called him Colin because they assumed that was right. And he just never stood up for himself. What and so an he asshole. went on for the rest of his life named Colin instead of Colin. Well, he showed the world because he killed a bunch of people <laughs> yes, with bombs. He did. He did do that. He was almost our first black president. Uh, <laughs> Matt, in this segment this week, you're going to explain how super rich guys like Johnny Depp can actually be broke-ass. Because you broke a big story this week, I believe, with the investigative reporting. <laughs> yep. uh, that Johnny Depp, despite having like $200 million in career earnings and making about $40 million. By the way, he wins the list every year of overpaid actors. If you've noticed in that, in terms of what their what is, movies gross, what the movies gross versus what he's paid, yeah, and I think that stopped after Pirates of the Caribbean because those made a lot of mo- made a lot of money. Uh, how does a guy like Johnny Depp, who seems to make at least in a bad year, makes twenty million a year? How does Johnny Depp become broke ass? Um, yeah, well, apparently he he doesn't have any liquid money. Um, paying your whore ex wife seven million, or actually paying charity. Which was a cool move on his part. Is that over? No, it is not. Uh, it is over. They've settled, but he is paying her, by the way. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. That sucks. Um, I seem to remember her as the whore ex-wife you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He only has one other ex-wife, and I don't know. She's an mo- Italian model. Yeah, she seems fine. Yeah. Uh, he's He owns 15 houses, which to me, that doesn't seem irresponsible, but, you know, who knows uh, if he's buying these houses on a whim. Uh, it's more than you can. It's a lot of a lot of room to live in. Who were the guys, the actors that were in Ireland, and they were going to kick him out of the bar, and they bought the bar? You remember that story? No, but I love that story. It was uh, fucking Robert Redford and some other. Do you guy. think Johnny Depp like shows up drunk at people's houses, and they wake up and find him drunk there? And he just goes, "Fuck it, I, I'm not trespassing. I'll buy this house." Yeah, maybe. I, I think he may have actually bought the house next to his other house just because he wanted like another lawn or something like that. But you're saying investments in prop real estate are not bad investments inherently. No, it's not like rappers lose all their money in like buying houses. You like know? Mike Tyson would still have money if he did that. Yeah, the real estate's pretty legit. Like it's uh, it's it's hard to go wrong with and real yeah, estate. And yeah, Johnny Depp is spending like what, $300,000 a month? He spends uh, shit, I wish it, he spends a ridiculous amount of, of money. I think he spends $2 million per month. Is that right? That sounds right to me. The, the craziest, the only crazy part, because I don't know what he's spending that money on, is that. But as an indicator, he spends thirty grand a month on wine for himself. <laughs> well, I don't know. Ostensibly for for his house, for his home use. Yeah, because not for his business. He's not going out to like flea market to sell any wine. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, I, it would be hard. He, might, he actually might. He's Johnny Depp. He might be doing that. 
I mean, you can drink. Thir- I'm sure there's a thirty grand dollar bottle of wine you could buy and just drink. Do you believe he buys one bottle of wine a month for thirty grand, or does he buy <laughs> no three hundred bottles at hundred dollars? I saw piece? the. Well, here's the crazy thing. I saw the video where Amber Heard was uh, bothering him in the morning when he was just having his nice little uh, magnum of wine yes, in the morning. It is in his hand. But he had the brand. It, it was essentially like a like a thirteen dollar, like a two buck chuck. Yeah, it was like a yellowtail. Um, Gro- grocery store. I call it grocery store wine. It's the wine that yeah. I buy. Put it that way. That's chuck and cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he could be investing. Not even made in, from grapes. Made from like the raisins after after they've turned into the raisins. He he seems like I don't know what his deal is. He seems kind of like pretentious, but I, he might. I think he also, if you really talk to him, he's like, you know, I'm just an act, you know. So I don't I don't know if he's like investing in wine. I'm sure he has a wine cellar, but that's just a thing that you use to fuck in. Is it um, possible he is it possible he's just an alcoholic with a with a checkbook? Yeah. That <laughs> he's just buying lots of wine and people are steal, either A stealing from him around his house, which probably happens a lot. He has twenty friends over at one time and they drink like thousand dollar bottles of wine. Yeah. And or he just buys all his wine from top end restaurants where they charge you five times markup for a bottle of wine as opposed to going to like a wholesale, a wholesale liquor outlet. He's not going to Pavmo, right, to buy his wine? Uh, He's probably going to, like, a chop house. Well, I don't see why. Like, I would think if you drink as much wine, you know, he's kind of, I'm assuming he's an alcoholic. So if you drink that much wine, I would think you have, like, your go-to thing. Like, I drink one or two of these a night or whatever it is. And so, you know, no one's crazy enough that that's a $1,000 bottle. That that might be, a, let's just say, a $50 bottle, I would assume, unless you're way off the res. Like, Nicolas Cage yes. might do something like that. But I would think, Deb, let's just say a $50 bottle. I would just be like, order this case, order ten cases, and you know, I'll just drink those, and, and who cares? But that doesn't get you a thirty grand. No. Here's, how, here's how I picture it. He's like, kind of hungry, kind of thirsty. <laughs> he calls his assistant, goes, "Give me a steak from the Palms, and uh, see if they got three bottles of that Chateau, whatever." Mm-hmm. And the bottles are probably like at the Palms Steak Restaurant, probably four hundred fifty fifty dollars. Right. The steak's probably eighty bucks. So he's got a fourteen hundred dollar tab for three bottles of wine and a steak. But wouldn't come his to his assistant be like, "Well, Mister Depp, that's we could do a much better job." Isn't that what you pay your assistant for? No, I, I picture the assistant working for an alcoholic like Depp, going like, "All right, Johnny, that was two thousand dollars," <laughs> and uh, pocketing the six hundred seven dollars. <laughs> I just assume when people are drug addicts or alcoholics and they're really wealthy and they do shit like that, that everyone around them is stealing from them. Oh, because yeah. that's almost always the case. That is, that's how every rapper, by the way, and all these musicians end up going broke, either in small scale or large scale. Everyone in their entourage is stealing from them. Yeah. And it's always a brother-in-law, like ripping off their county. It's always like a buddy from high school who's their whatever tour manager is stealing from them. Everybody just realizes, like, dude, this guy's got $30 million, and he has no idea about money or, like, what to do with it or how much he has. <laughs> and, like, I could easily steal $10 million from this guy. He wouldn't know us, and they do it because it's so fucking easy. Yeah, I, the accounting, and I think he was pissed at, I mean, he's he's suing uh, his accounting company, actually. Yes. And he was also pissed at his he, agency. He left. Um, Was it UTA or CAA? He left CAA to go to U- UTA. Um, I don't know. They, I'm, I'm picturing the scene. You know, I love that movie Sideways, mostly just because yes. Paul Giamatti is such a, a good actor in that movie. and. You know, he's got that that uh, sacred bottle that yes. he's, is only a few in the world or whatever. And at the end of the movie, he's eating basically a Burger King and drinking that bottle out of the styrofoam cup, you know. Um, like, maybe Depp is, you know, just... Uh, maybe he's drinking 
ten, you know, seventeen eighty two or something like that. Yeah, shit dug up in France. Here's it like, like Tim Burton sucking his dick at the same time with the fog machine. You at, know, actually, that sounds pretty awesome. At the end of the day, <laughs> uh, the Amber the Amber Heard decision, I think, is very telling in his life. The fact that he married the les- an angry lesbian that gave her seven million dollars right. seems to me a very telling sign of how he handles his finance. How he handles his finances. And it's not a good sign. It's, it's kind of rock sign. and roll. Like I bet you he doesn't really give a shit. That's what I mean. You got like you know I remember Guns N' Roses when they're when they're back in the day would spend like four hundred grand like in a night somewhere like partying at like some strip club and getting the magnets of champagne and hiring hookers or whatever the bill would be like four hundred grand they'd be like fuck it we made a million what do we give a shit right <laughs> and by the way half of that was just graft right uh, that is very rock and roll and he is and when you have three three you've taken three hundred million dollars in an income and you like kind of are a loner. I can see just going, fuck it, just write a check. Wait, I don't am I this. racist, though? Because I was just saying, like, how, like, rappers, when I see rappers doing that in the club, I'm like, what a fucking idiot. But I, I just said that Depp was cool, even though Depp has, like, a hundred times more he money. Also has a, by the way, he has a wine addiction. Can we admit now that being addicted to wine is really, really pretty poor for a guy? Well, it's, it's classic Depp, really, but, I mean, can that's you respect, the thing. Can you respect a guy who's, like... Addicted to wine. Addicted to well, wine. Wine is so like if you're addicted. It's great. To, it's fucking grape juice, dude. If you're addicted to to whiskey, you buy the same whiskey your life, and then you die. Yes. You know, but if you're addicted to wine, you know, there's so much bullshit involved that someone can sell you and, and tell you how how it's yeah. Uh, the bottle can change. The bottle can change from fifty to five hundred dollars just very quickly. Yeah, and no one's doing that with fucking vodka. No, but there is no. Re- well, I take it back. There are high end whiskeys now that you know the yuppies buy. Yeah, but no true fucking alcoholic smoker guy is drinking that. No, shit. they're getting the, the same. Bo- you're right. They're going to the store. They're buying the same bottle of fucking Jack over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. And it's always fucking fourteen bucks every single time. Yeah, yeah, I got that. All right, Johnny Depp. Thank you, Matt. He explains how super rich guys like Johnny Depp can actually be broke ass. <laughs> I think so. Oh, he sold the fifteen houses. I assume he's always still have money. So I think he's doing. That's why okay. I think he's not sweating it. No, I don't think he does either. I think those kind of guys, when you get so much assets like that, you can actually just be out of money. And nobody, I mean, look at fucking our president, by the way. He was out of cash for, for a very oh, yeah. long period of his time. He was borrowing money against his properties for years and years. And well, doing, hopefully doing hopefully fine. it's a wake-up to debt because I, I remember uh, checking my taxes one year and noticing that I spent like $1,500 in this bar that I don't like at all. And, and just being like, all right, well... Wait, I, are you deducting your bar expenses on your taxes? <laughs> Uh, that actually, I think that is a business expense for you. That's a legitimate employee expense for you. I don't think about it. You think anyone's ever tried to do that before? I've done right off their booze, right off their booze expenses. I've, I've done that. Have you? They don't. What you think the IRS is looking at an itemized receipt? Well, what do you write it? What do you put it under? Business meeting. Uh, but then you got to provide who you met with and the date and all that shit like that. Yeah, I have friends that drink a lot. Yeah, right. And they don't. You don't get audited for that shit. Damn it! Let's stop talking about this. <laughs> Matt Ralston, IRS, <laughs> Social Security number. They had to vote. By the way, they're not coming after you. They stopped going. They stopped going after people who make under like half a million dollars a long time ago because they realized they're spending six months to get a dollar seventeen back. Uh, I'm going straight into panties in a bunch, man. I'll tell you what has my panties in a bunch this week. Uh, Netflix, Netflix, Hall of Hollywood. Since the Oscars so white hashtag of 2016. Hollywood has reacted as you thought Hollywood would react, which is a complete overreaction to the fact that people are calling them racist mm-hmm. by being the most anti-racist image they can think of themselves as. <laughs> like it's not even like I guess there's a way to I guess there is technically a way to be anti-racist in a good way, you know, just to be very tolerant and open and not be racist. 
And then there's anti-racist in a bad way, which, which, where you constantly overcompensate and pick the most obvious ways to to make it clear to everyone that you really love black people. It's almost not. like you were racist. Yes, yes. It's a. I mean, I always think about whenever I think of over, the word overcompensation, I always picture a small guy in a truck up on blocks, uh-huh. <laughs> like the big ass, big ass monster truck, and the guy gets out and he's like a little guy. Uh, yeah. That to me, the word overcompensation, that should be in the dictionary, right? <laughs> And Hollywood does their own version of that, which is like, oh, my God, they call us racist. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to every single show we make is going to be by foreign about black people. We're going to nominate black people through every single award we possibly can. We're going to allow unlimited access to the academy for black people. And it was black. doesn't matter anymore if they're qualified, not qualified, talented, not talented. Uh, we're just everyone's in. And that's going to show how unracist we are. Right. <laughs> like, so by making everything about race, you have just declared yourself a non-racist. Uh, so, by the way, so every single... Pro- I mean, Kevin Hart, like, Kevin yes. Hart, I think he's a really funny comic. His movies suck. Yes. Why is Kevin Hart in the fucking Academy? Yeah. By the way, not only do they suck, they don't actually always do that well at the box office. Oh. Tyler Perry kicks his ass at the box office, just for the record. Um, and it's not because he's black. It's just because he makes stupid fucking movies and people got tired of that after a while. Like, even Adam Sandler movies don't do well anymore. Yeah. People got tired of, like, the stand-up comedian who can't really act doing movies. It's just not a. It's just not a big. Even Will Ferrell's kind of stopped doing it. Yeah, it just doesn't work anymore. And, and, you know, anymore. So, uh, so Netflix now, like everyone else, has to have a black program. They got a Spike Lee show coming out, but they just went totally on the nose and they announced that they're they're uh, launching a show called uh, Dear White People. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you may know the name Dear White People from the film of 2014 that absolutely nobody saw, but if you went to Sundance and were a very progressive person. At Sundance, dear white people, did really well. So, uh, if you had a, an extra ten grand for the weekend, maybe yes, maybe or, tossed in some skiing, or if you worked for HuffPo movie section, or worked for you know worked for Cosmo, and if the you movie. weren't paying for it yourself, yes. but a major corporation was, yes, you're probably pretty progressive. If you went to, on this you went to Sundance with an agenda, you loved dear white people. It was a, uh, it won tons of awards at Sundance, got a lot of innovations, and as I surmised, at least three people died of white guilt <laughs> while watching the movie. It's about a, it really sounds like an anachronistic movie out of time. It's about a, a fake Ivy League institution where black people are subject to all this overt and non-overt forms of racism. Uh, so basically what happened, yes, at Ivy League schools probably up till about 20 years ago when everything got exposed and, and all the Ivy League and college institutions completely overreacted to multiculturalism right. and forbid any form of like, you know. So in the, in the movie trailer, in the show trailer, like, there's a black woman on the radio, a student talking about like fraternity house guys going blackface and all this stupid racist shit that white people are doing on campus. Which, again, like in the early 90s to me felt very relevant because that a lot of shit like that happened and nobody cared about it. Probably mm-hmm. the same amount of shit nobody cared about. Now there's a zero tolerance policy at every single fucking school. So if you even get halfway through the, word, the N-word, you'd be kicked out of school before you, before you got through it. Yeah, uh, especially at a northeastern liberal northeastern liberal institution. Even if you're like in the Bush family or something like that, yeah, you'd buy a library, you find your way back in at some <laughs> point. But I know kids at the schools now, and they are scared shitless to be labeled racist, to be labeled anti-ethnic, not multicultural. And these are, by the way, the old white waspy people to be labeled sexist. They're scared to actually have sex with women because they're fearful of being charged with date rape or being brought up on charges for anything. It's just too. It's it's a scary time. For both rapists and non-rapists at colleges, because you're as a guy, you're, you're as a white guy, you're lumped into the same category mm-hmm. immediately. So you even saying insinuating something like you, if you were Mark Twain today writing Huck Finn and writing the racist language in that, you would be thrown out of you'd be thrown out of these colleges 
for right. writing Huck Finn. Right, right. Because he would be called a racist and a bigot and you'd be thrown out of school. Yeah, there are no real uh, lines drawn. Like, it wasn't an Ivy League school, but similar. Barry Bonds' uh, daughter is in a 20 grand a month prep school in, uh, in Brentwood. Yes. And... By the way, by the way, uh, someone I know uh, a year, finds I mean. it very funny that you say twenty thousand dollars a year for the Redwood School. The other thing is thirty-five. Okay, <laughs> so the, like twenty grand a year for private school in LA is considered ghetto. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes, thankfully, I, I, but I, I chalk it up to you being from Alaska and go, "Ooh, a dime." <laughs> <laughs> Could I get with this? Well, it's well. I agree with you. Way. Anyone from like forty-nine other states or any other state besides New York and California would find that outrageous. <laughs> But in LA, you go twenty thousand. I go, oh man, he's broke. What's going? What's wrong with that guy's kids? Yeah, I went to a Catholic school for like two years in a, in in elementary, junior high. I asked my parents what it cost, and I, yeah. I think it was like eight hundred dollars a year. Yeah, I think the Catholic schools in LA are now twenty grand a year. Jesus. Uh, but carry on with your Barry Bonds story. Now that I've financially schooled you on the ways of Los Angeles. Well, there's some video of some kids, mostly white and, and a few black, just having a good time and singing along to the chorus of a rap song that they liked. And it, part of, one of the words is nigger. And uh, someone leaked this video or whatever, and everyone was all pissed off. So it's like, all right, so you can't quote. So if I'm if I'm reading Huck Finn, I have to say uh, and, and, N-word. And then Tom said, I'm not an N-word. You, it's like... What, what are you, fucking nine years old? What are yeah. we doing? Uh, that makes no sense, but uh, uh, here's a double standard. If you were a minority, you could say it out loud. If you were black specifically, you could say it out loud. If you're Steve Harvey, you can make racist jokes. But if you're white, you're on. You're basically on notice, right? You're starting off on probation. Steve Harvey said one of the few, like, legit concrete racist things I've heard recently, <laughs> yes. and no one gave a shit. No one absolutely just no like, one gave a shit. No one wants to fuck a Chinese guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and no one cared. No, no one cared. And then Trump invited him to, to meet at the White House or whatever <laughs> the next day. Uh, no, no one cares. But, like, honestly, like, it's like Animal House. If you're a white male on a college campus, you're starting on double secret probation. <laughs> you are, like, one stroke. You're one strike. You have two strikes. You start out with two strikes strikes because anything you say and there are legit obviously there are legitimately racist kids at any school even the upscale ivy league school they're racist kids but even those racist kids in 2017 are so fucking scared to be kicked out of school that they're if they're if they're saying racist shit they're doing it in such secret deep societies that no one knows about it and it's not part of like there aren't blackface parties on campuses and stuff like that at at Harvard and Princeton. That's just not happening. No. Well, can we also acknowledge that... Oh, by the way, it happened 20 years ago, but not, it's not happening outside of the few, Outside of the Obamas of the world, uh, if you're black and you're going to Yale, you're probably really fucking privileged, too. You know that? Yeah, I think, well, you're at least privileged in the, you know, in the educational academics. So I think they do outreach to like kids to go there from probably some inner-city schools that aren't great. But the fact is... you're I don't think as much as they'd have you believe. You'd have to, you'd have to believe the racism on campus at a, a high-end wealthy school is a lot less than the general population i would think so if for no other reason than the kids who are racist are scared shitless to be exposed as racist and the kids who aren't even racist are scared to be exposed as racist like i i earnestly believe if you wrote if you were a student and you wrote huck finn and it presented to your class you would be literally probably put kicked out of school today i think so too huck finn is literally a, a fucking trigger warning it is it's a, it's a slavery story told by a white guy where they use colloquial language of the time, and the black people are, are you know considered slaves, and there's a lot of racist shit in it. Also, a good book, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, a good book. Yes, it is. So, uh, dear white people, is about you know it's about it's, it actually looks like it could be. I'm going to say it's, it's Netflix. It could be funny. It could actually be good, but it's clearly for a niche audience because 
The film obviously was, and nobody saw it. It did like $2 million in box office. The show on Netflix is clearly an overreaction to the fact that we have to have black programming. And not only black programming, like a show by black people about the black experience, but it has to be about racism on college campuses. I, I found it very condescending. The chick was hot, by the way. But Yeah, she was very hot. Uh, dear white people. Spike Lee always does that in his shows, too, by the way. One of the words was you can, uh, uh, one of the lines was you can dress up as any president, just not Obama. All right, well, I'd like you to clarify why that is exactly, because yes. that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Also, I mean, how would this work if I, if I made a sketch right now? Dear black people, tip your fucking waitress. Uh, how about that? <laughs> yes. Uh, I do believe we just, uh, we're being shut down. People are coming in right now. <laughs> Police are coming in and walk us down. Now, always, uh, clearly, there's it's not a, happy hour. No, I think it's 1 p.m. Clearly, there's a double We're out of strawberry lemonade. <laughs> uh, clearly, there is a uh, double standard. And I think, I don't know if you agree with me or not, I think there's a, a, there's a part rationale for the double standard, which is minority groups should be treated differently than majority groups. With stuff that's serious. With stuff that's serious, not exactly. Not fucking Halloween costumes. No, exactly. And the fact that there's a show about this, I mean, think about all, think about all the horrible things that happen to black people in this country. And then think about how Halloween bad... Halloween of 98. Yeah, then think about how bad it is one. to be on you know, the Yale or Harvard campus for a black person and have to worry about, like, being offended by a Halloween costume. Yeah. That seems to me, like, not real. That's just like talking about rich, rich white girl problems. That seems to be about, like, not real black person problems. Not that black people on those campuses don't experience that. Yeah. But it's such a small percentage of the actual overall black experience. Yeah. Or American experience, for that matter, that it's something that only affects people, again, in Hollywood and New York and a few other places. And they're making shows about it, and everyone's going to, just like girls, everyone's going to say they watched it, but no one's going to watch it. You've got to say you watched it to be politically correct. Well, if you're, yeah. Netflix will lose money on it, but they're rushing it out to make sure they have it, you know, to, to get, the, again, their bona fides on being progressive and being not racist. Hey, we can't be racist. We have a show about how white people are racist. When you're talking about Halloween costumes at Yale, for example, which I don't know the exact geography, but I've been through that area. I, it's probably an hour from Newark, what, an hour and a half? Yeah, an hour and a half from Newark. Uh, no, from Newark. Oh, from Newark? Yeah, I Same thing. Two hours. New Brunswick. Depends on the traffic on the Places bridge. Places where people are, are roaming the streets, uh, you know, where, where cops are brutalizing people. Where what, crack- Queen, Queens isn't, clo- isn't enough for you? Sure, good yeah, enough. Okay. Fucking yes. Queensbridge. Yeah. And you choose to focus on Halloween. Yes. Hmm. Yes. That's interesting. And by the way, just for the record, at, at, I don't know if it's making fun specifically of Yale, the show, but Yale, Harvard, Princeton, whatever. Yale itself, actually, there was a big protest march like two years, Halloween ago when the, the dean sent out a letter to students saying all the shit you can't wear at Halloween and be sensitive culturally and gender sensitive to people on Halloween and all this shit. And then a professor wrote back, and he actually wrote back what you said, like, come on, it's Halloween. Everyone should just have a good time. Oh, yeah, I read of that. And he was almost kicked out. He was marched <laughs> upon and spat upon by people at the school. Yeah. So it's not exactly like... There, there, it's not exactly like the majority power at the school is not in favor of super, you know, anti-racist shit, and like you could get away with blackface at that school. You couldn't get away with anything at that school. That's the whole idea. Is so ridiculous. But again, this is show. This entire show, even if it is a good show, and it might be a funny show, it might be a good show. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there's talented people working on it. Uh, it is desired to show the fact that Netflix and Hollywood is not racist because we have black programming about how white people are racist. Yeah. Which is, by the way, completely racist. It is. Yes. But Netflix will take a loss on it because of their brand, right? Similar yes. to how, uh, like, I know TBS probably loses money on Conan, but they can say, you know, Conan's on our network, so it's, it's kind of the... what's the, There's a term for this in... in uh, lost, lost Leader. Lost Leader. You, you love go. that one, yeah? Right? Uh, but Conan's actually funny. 
Uh, <laughs> and this show, might, again, might be funny, but Conan at least appeals... It doesn't appeal to just, like, 1% of the population. Potentially, he appeals to, like, 20 or 30% of the population yeah. in his material. Whereas a show about reverse racism or racism on campuses and, and Dear White... A show called Dear White People is not for most people in this country. It's just like telling most people in this country, this show is not for you. Yeah. It's a niche show. And again, it might be funny, and I'm, I'm sure maybe black people and other people will like to find this show very telling for themselves and very funny. But again, it's not, if you're like in corporate, you're not thinking, how do we get a big audience? Let's do a really small niche racial-based uh, anti-white show. Yeah. That's not what's happening. It's like, how do we cover our ass in this Oscar so white shit? So that's what has my pennies in a bunch. Matt, I hope you can understand it, because I, I look beyond color. I'm post-racial. <laughs> By the way, Obama was the first po- was going to bring about this post-racial society. We are more we are more angry ra- racial than ever before, just ever before. I mean, I guess Jim Crow era was probably pretty bad too, but that was mostly relegated to the South. I think this country is more racially divided than ever before, and I've seen ex- people explain away why Obama actually didn't make that worse himself, but him being around made that worse. And it just seems like a bad it seems like a bad excuse. To, just a lot, a lot like, of people were quite pissed about the uh, black guy. Being in office, yeah, I mean, it brought out, it may have brought out stuff. I don't think anyone became a racist because Obama was president, but I think it brought out a lot of shit. But I don't think he also did anything to heal that, to, you know, to try and heal that thing. It seems a very us first them mentality. Uh, what somebody, was he supposed to do? Fucking go? Well, actually, he didn't do a NASCAR race and yes, beat his wife. Well, by the way, do you see now after he's he's retired, he's been kite surfing with Richard Branson? Yeah, I love. What's it. wrong with a little more kite surfing with Richard Branson? It looks awesome. That's a white guy thing. Black people don't kite surf. <laughs> That's very white. Sir. All right, Matt, let me ask you. We got an email from Richard. Uh, Richard wants to about the Dugars, the Duggars. Have you seen that show, 19 and Counting? I've never watched any well, of it. Well, you can't watch it anymore because it was taken off the air uh, off the air of a year and a half ago after Josh started molesting his little, little sisters. It seems like an appropriate <laughs> response. Well... If you're TLC and you have a hit show, first of all, other shows are based on midgets or weird families or child molesters. So within the realm of like TLC, you have to understand like weird shit like that is not weird to them. It's how they make their money. Yeah, didn't it's a Mama, freak show. It's a freak show. Didn't baby uh, Honey Boo Boo's someone molest her? Or something? Yes, yes. I believe it's hard not to believe there's molestation going on in every Southern family, just because <laughs> every show on Southern families there's molestation going on. Right. I'm sure it goes on in the North too. But it just seems to be like a, a certain part of <laughs> their normal life of Southern. Well, it's the people that TLC's producers kind of yeah. single out. Yeah, I think they, someone. I think someone says to them like in the vetting process, like just so you know, I heard a lot of incest going on in this family. They go perfect. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's let's go with it. So, nineteen and counting was uh, was canceled when uh, Josh was banging whores really hard on. He was on that uh, Ashley Madison, and then it turned out that he also liked to touch his little sisters and her friends. I don't know. It's I think it's one or the other. I think he was doing the cheating with adult women thing just to try and cover his cover. Ass. Well, he was a younger he was younger when he touched the girls, but uh, and he has, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't go away. <laughs> <laughs> Although you got to think like if you're 16 or whatever, and you're locked in a house where you're not allowed to have sex. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you start looking at the little sister's friends and going like, this is all I... It must is- be pretty prevalent in certain circles because anytime I go on a porn site, it's a lot of mom and son. It's a lot of dad, daughter. So it's like, I'm already watching a porn. Do you have to make me feel even more <laughs> yes. dirty yes. than I already am? His daughter got home from middle school and then they started getting like, I don't off. need this plot line. I don't <laughs> no. need to know how they're related. But you're right. It is extremely popular. And also, just you know, the freaky sex shit always happens in families and places where guys don't have sex, aren't allowed to have sex. I guess. Like priesthood and all that stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. A lot of that shit is, I think, just based on the fact that, like, you don't have sex for 20 years and then weird shit happens. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, if you lock any group of people in a cage for a couple of years, they're all going to fuck each other. I'm yes, assuming. yes, I, I agree with that, too. Uh, I don't want to be in that cage. Uh, so the Dugars are having kids like crazy. And by the way, so the upshot of that TLC story was they waited an appropriate three months, said they were disgusted by Josh, canceled the show, and then three months later started a new show about the same family mm-hmm. called Still Counting. So, oh, okay. But it doesn't follow Josh, specifically follows all the girls. It's more focused on the chicks he molested. It's, yes, it's more focused on the chicks he molested and the, one, and the sisters he didn't molest who are now having babies by the barrel fall. Yeah. So here's, here's Richard's question. They're, 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 they're estimated to, be ha- to end up having 200 grandkids when all is said and done. Because they're starting at 18, like their parents, and they're having babies every 15 months as fast as humanly possible. Ugh, and by horrifying. the way, I wouldn't mind that so much because they believe the Bible told them that, and it seems kind of crazy. But at least, what's, at least, at least they got a belief system. Uh, but they named the first this one the one who just had another kid named their first son Spurgeon. Yeah. So, so if you're going to have 20 kids, you can't start off with Spurgeon. That's what you do when you run out of names. Well, I guess maybe they don't want to have a lot of Jimmy Johnny like uh, that scene in Goodfellas where they're all yes, named uh, Jimmy, John, Jimmy and Johnny. Or yes. You know, I mean, fuck, no one's going to forget that, but not for a good reason. Spurgeon. It that, just, I don't a, know what it means, a but a sturgeon's a fish. It sounds like a combination of sturgeon and spooge. <laughs> it just—it sounds like a fish that comes. I don't know. Just, there's something wrong about that name. I'm sure it's in the Bible somewhere. It's I not even a good fish. No, I'd I'd be willing to bet it. It's in some obscure passage of the Bible somehow. Oh yeah, because I'm sure yeah. that's where all the names come. But here's a, here's the point Richard wants to know: the Diggers are going to have 200 grandkids. Isn't the future ultimately determined by the crazy religious and the crazy poor who are all having the babies? We talked about this a little bit before the show. Isn't ultimately all this politics, all the social stuff we talk about now, all the high-minded things that college-educated edu- people on Twitter and Instagram are complaining about, isn't eventually time going to tell, isn't the world going to be taken over by poor people and crazy religious people who just have 10 kids each? Yeah, I mean... By, I, sheer, by sheer numbers alone. I think that's already happening. I um, think so, too. I, I wonder what the population of... of sort of uh, the west coast is compared to the deep south like if you measured that over time i know like western europe's declining and we're no longer at a sustainable rate amongst educated people no educated people are not having babies they're having uh, using condoms and having abortions and we're actually by the way not having sex which is another bad another not healthy thing <laughs> they're actually literally like the rates of sex are down and the condom use is up and i guess you can say that's a good thing and abortion rates are up and you can view that any way you want but it's down to like 1.2 kids per couple in the Western world. I think it's just the species destroying itself. I mean, I think that was the point of idiocracy. But we're, we're now at a point. I mean, just look at the culture. I mean, look at what's going on. I mean, idiots are taking over. And it's, it's, this isn't going away well, anytime so all soon. These, so all these, I agree with you. And all these smart people, well, not smart, but let's say average to above average intelligence are caught up in all these like rhetorical battles and Facebook retweets and, and, and likes and arguments and Trump or jokes. Like, and also how, like, I, how would I even hypothetically feed these kids that I had if I were to have them? <laughs> yes. Just questions like that. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, everyone, everyone sort of like, in the, and I mentioned this before, like I, the story of like Israel versus Palestine, the Israelis are having like 1.5 kids per couple and the Palestinians are having like 10 kids per couple. Mm-hmm. And eventually there's just going to be millions and millions and millions of more uh, Arab Palestinians and there are Jews <laughs> and they're just going to fucking march all over them because it's just a, it's a numbers game you cannot con- the minority severe minority of po- people cannot keep down a majority of people for very long because it's just a sheer numbers game and we see that in these countries like you mentioned Western Europe where they're in, import, now having to import like North African and Middle Eastern Muslim populations to do work and in the US we import millions and millions of, of people from Central America to do the same thing 
eventually the Dugars are onto something, right? Because they actually believe Jesus needs more white people. So they're making tons and tons of kids to try and combat that. Aren't the people that are having 10, 10 babies in these cultures, aren't they ultimately just going to take over the world? Yeah, it's it's already happening. So the the Dugars had 19. Yeah, and, and counting. And now they we don't know because of the molestation. They cut the show <laughs> off. I think they're actually trying to still have kids. When you look at the population growth, the way it expands in that, that upward uh, exponential curve, uh, we're already there. These yes. 200 kids are going to have 1,000 kids. Yeah. And they're going to have 10,000. Yes. I love your math, by the way. <laughs> that's really... That's, it. that's how exponents... Exactly how exponents work. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at some point, like five generations now, these crazy-ass Dugars will have popular like 100,000 kids, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, the well-meaning Portland couple that runs a microbrewery with organic, organic uh, hops yeah. will have, in the five generations, produced like 11. <laughs> so the Dugars are going to have 100,000. This, this couple will have progener- you know, procreated and created 11 great-great-great-great-grandkids. And who do you think is going to win? The, who's going to win that battle? I had a evolution. Evolution will no longer be taught. In school, no longer I, taught in the schools. I had at the University of Washington. I had a professor named James Walter. He's a great professor. He taught Black Studies, and he was almost kicked out of school because he told all the black chicks in the class, "If you want to, uh, you know, combat racism, just have ten kids each." Which was a. Uh, it's pretty hard to. Uh, fight that but he is that he why you were in the class by the way because you heard he was telling all the young black chicks to have babies i heard there were a lot of black chicks in the class <laughs> yes like who were who were promiscuous <laughs> trying to have to procreate as fast as possible uh well here's the thing it does it works it was one of the things long-term thinking it works in the long term in the short term you're on welfare and you have really sh- a really shitty horrible life well that's what no one talks about with these people in the south especially kind of you know mostly these white families just because mo- you know white white uh, families are the majority of the population they're all on fucking welfare. How, what percentage yes. of them have a fucking TV show and are doing deals with Walmart and are in Congress? They're huge, all on fucking welfare. Huge amounts of welfare, and that's in the first world. In, in the Middle East and North Africa, where you've seen the rise of like Muslim, Muslim extremists, it's largely economic-based. There's just mil- tens and hundreds of millions of really, really poor people that just need to go to war. There's just nothing around for them. They're just battling with each other or other people that die, right? You overpopulate a land that can't afford it, you know. Just like in the in nature's way of destroying the gnus, like the wildebeest in Africa, when they overpopulate, yeah. is the lions just eat half of them, right? Or they die of starvation. And that's what people do to themselves, too, when they overpopulate. At the same time, if, if sort of uneducated, the uneducated, dirty masses are having ten times the kids as the really concerned, overbearing helicopter moms, at some point, like I said, they're going to be getting rid of evolution and teaching evolution in schools. You know, uh, uh, Trump's going to win every election. Trump and his kids are going to win every election going forward. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Although, because of the large immigrant population, I guess that won't happen. Uh, Richard, we didn't answer your, your mail there, but do, Matt, does, it, does that make you really pessimistic about the future? Uh, and also, by the way, the you present. haven't had it. You haven't I, I don't had any think kids. this is a future projection. I think we're, we're living it right now. Uh, you haven't had any kids. So no, does this, I haven't. Does this, are you going to rant about the fact that we're getting worse and worse while not having, providing any kids like your professor told the black girls to do? Oh, my kid would be real fucked up. What about you having kids with black women? Uh, would that solve anything? Well, it's, I mean, probably comedically, like it's, they'd be more likely to have a good comedy career, yes, right? But because <laughs> he'd have a lot of material about the differences between the families and stuff. Uh, Matt, let me ask you. 
Back to the Super Bowl. Was there anything? I don't know. You did see the Super Bowl commercials, right? I know you watch commercials. Did you like unpeak? You cover your eyes when the men are playing sports, <laughs> and then you peek out through your eyes when Lady Gaga came on or the commercials came on. I don't know if you got a chance to see the Super Bowl commercials. The commercials were all fucking boring. They were super. Someone like what people don't understand is there are only like two or three major ad agencies in the country. I mean, there's millions of ad, every every like sort of effeminate guy in his twenties has an ad agency. But there's only, like, three really big ones that handle the big accounts. <laughs> and they, there used to be, like, ten. They merged down to, like, three. Just like the media is merging, there's only, like, three actual, like, major ad agencies are all owned by the same people. And so, they overcharge the shit out of corporations. They overcharge the shit out of corporations. But every corporation uses basically the same ad agency. There's Saatchi, and there's some others. But they use the same. And the people who work in these places are the same people. So it's sort of like the... Sort of the amalgamation of, of corporate media is the same thing happening to the ad agencies. Mm-hmm. So when you see like the Super Bowl ads all veering a certain way, it's because they're all made by the same people. Uh, and this year they decided social responsibility and tolerance was going to be the theme of the football halftime ads. That's what you're paying them $100 an hour for. Uh, Matt, again, it's 300 to 400 an hour. <laughs> like, shiny dime. <laughs> like, did you just, like, did you find a dollar in Alaska, like, and also, like, ten people came running around, like, like oh, you're the rich guy, and you bought everyone gum? I was that's, just talking about, like, the low-level, you I'm know. I'm just joking. The, the, I'm teasing. I'm teasing you, Matt. Brian, tease along with me. Um, no, but, it, yeah, but so they, the social tolerance and acceptability was the ad. Because, you know, people who watch football, that's really what's on their mind. Is they're really thinking, like, at halftime, how can I get a really good healthy, healthy dose of feeling high on myself for being multicultural and socially responsible, yeah. and gender and gender e- gender e- gender like, equal. I came here to learn a lesson while yes. these guys are killing each other yeah. and shortening their lifespans. Yeah, and meanwhile, by the way, you're Budweiser and you sell me beer and you cause I don't know how many accidents a year and how many death, premature deaths a year. But I want you to tell me about uh, open immigration pol- open immigration policies. Yeah, I care what corporations think yes. about these issues. You're dear eighty four lumber, I'm not I'm not surmising that you really benefit from free. Low, low, low wage illegal immigrant labor at your company, and that's maybe why you want not to be cynical, but maybe that's why you want an extra five million Mexicans to come to this country. Right? It's because it it helps your bottom line tremendously. You count on it. Yeah, it's a lumber company. Yeah, I mean, if you think about illegal immigration from Central America specifically, it really is a weird conspiracy among like rich business Republican business owners, and then like progressive lefties. Who are both combined to like see benefit from having like tons and tons of like uneducated, low wage, low skilled Mexican workers. If I hear here. one more Republican talk about fucking immigration, you know you could eliminate that really easily by going after the businesses, maybe oh, stopping them from hiring no. illegal immigrants. It, here's a, what's funny about the Trump wall is the wall was actually passed legislatively like twelve years ago. They pa- or 10 years ago, 2004, 2006, whatever it was, they actually, Congress in, under Bush actually passed, and the Republicans actually, it was actually Democrats, I think, were in charge, passed a bill to build 1,500 miles of wall. Hmm. It's just, they did that out of, because there was a public protest and they checked the polls and people wanted that after 9 11. But none of the Republicans wanted the fucking wall built. That's why it never got built. Right. They, stopped, they, just impeded, they themselves impeded it because all their businesses just wanted the, la- the cheap labor. So this the Trump wall is not new. Well, it's as actually if a wall would actually curtail immigration by any significant degree. Well, I'll tell you who it, the wall did stop, Matt. In the '84 lumber commercial, it stopped a lovely lady who I'm going to name Maria, <laughs> uh, and her daughter who just wanted to come to America for a better life. Her daughter carrying a tattered American flag, as they had to pay coyotes to get to the uh, the border, and luckily one of the coyotes gave the daughter water because she was she was dying of thirst. Because hmm. even, even the heartless Mexican coyotes are kind of nice when it comes to it. 
they're really they're really decent people when it comes right down to it. Why would it doesn't make sense that she would really have an American flag? I mean, that would well, not, it was a tattered American flag. Would never really happen in real life. No, I don't think so either. Uh, or, or by the way, the fact that you wouldn't know there was a thirty-foot giant, immense uh, monster island wall when you got to Juarez that would stop you from getting into the U.S. Like maybe someone would have told you about that before yeah. you got there. Like, I'm pretty sure that information trickles yeah. down. What? There's real a wall. Fast. <laughs> there's, a, there's a wall. <laughs> when did this happen? Uh, so she got to the wall. Eighty-four lumber commercial. Then eighty-four lumber guy, construction guy, built a giant door to the wall. So that she could get through with her daughter because America welcomes all people who are looking for a better life for themselves. Uh, I'm not so, sure if that's up to code, by the no, way. No, I don't think so either. Uh, so, by the way, if you're like a, you know, a terrorist in, in Peru, just come, come on through as long as you're an ambitious motherfucker. Uh, is, have you seen anything more disingenuous than multinational corporations that sell beer and, and lumber and, and, and pharmaceuticals and stuff giving so, messages of social tolerance and responsibility to the, to the general population? It's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> I mean, if Budweiser, so they're hiring these people to essentially think for them, right? And so they know, essentially, we're entrusting you that you're going to, at the very least, not lose money for us, get our brand out there. But we're trying to make money. So if they had any inclination that these political beliefs were slightly unpopular, this would never happen. I, I, I disagree with you on the fact that last year Bud Light ran the Amy Schumer and Seth Rogen commercials for gender pay equality, mm-hmm. where she said, said some, made some comments about gender pay equality, and Seth Rogen said, you're so smart, whatever. Uh, that was my Seth Rogen invitation, which good. actually just sounds like me. <laughs> Fucking chubby juice. Uh, <laughs> so they actually ran the numbers, and they cut the campaign short because they found that people who actually buy Budweiser, as it turns out, don't like Amy Schumer giving doing gender pay jokes. And the people who do like those jokes don't buy Budweiser. So I think they, I think this was actually a loss for them financially in terms of building up their social reputation, uh-huh. which is a pure reaction to something that economic, economically doesn't exist because without stereotyping all Budweiser drinkers, they're probably generally more Trump-leaning people than they are non-Trump-leaning people. Oh, for sure. I, I've never, ever seen a, a blue state person. I've never seen a person in L.A., who is a Hillary supporter drink of Budweiser ever in my entire life. No. So I'm going to go out and say that. I'm going to go out and say that. It, it's, a, it's a redneck uh, beer. It's, it's a redneck beer in the United States. And so I think they're losing it, but I think their ad agencies are actually thinking for them and saying, this is a year to be socially progressive, political hotbed movement. You want to be on the right side so of this. So they're don't... like looking forward, like maybe we'll take a little hit now, but we'll... I don't think they're even looking forward economically or commercially. I think they're looking forward to what the people who work at ad agencies want to see. You think this is purely their own agenda? It's not even, maybe not even an illicit, you know, like a conspiratorial agenda, but it's their circle, their social circle. This is how they see the world. So you're saying the people that, which I think is true, the people that work at ad agencies do not know a single person that buys Budweiser. Correct. I think that's true. Nor do they know it, nor are they friends with a single Trump supporter, nor are they... Uh, know anybody who's in favor of the travel ban, nor do they know anyone who's in favor of building the wall, nor do they yeah, know any yeah. of those people. They're encircled at work in social life, in their social life and on Facebook with people who 100% disagree with all that stuff. Right. And so when then someone goes like, what's really hot right now? They go, all this anti-Trump shit is really hot. We got to get on board for it because everybody is against this stuff. And that's sort of the way the Democrats lost the election last but, year, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. But specifically, if you were like, you know, if it was Starbucks doing it or if it was like, you know, I don't know, some sort of le- left, seen left progressive company doing it, you'd be like, okay, I get that. That's their audience. But it's Budweiser and fucking Audi and but a, a construction company. how do the people at Budweiser not know this? 
I think they do know it. I think they're convinced that they, I think they're scared and they're convinced they have to do Augustus Bush coming to America as a penniless immigrant who doesn't speak any English being accepted here in America as their ad because they have to be seen as on the right side of the issue to the Super Bowl audience, to the TV audience. But would it go the other way? Like if that company that makes shoes and gives a pair to kids overseas, you know, um, didn't see that. Did not see that ad, by the what way. What about the, the soap that the doctor that's in the weird blue container and it has Bible passages written all over it? I don't, I don't, I don't have that stuff. All all right. Right. <laughs> How about if Burt's Beeswax? I think you imagined that, pro- I think fucking, imagined that product. If Burt's Beeswax released a Super Bowl commercial yes. and it was like, uh, uh, we got to get more tough on the immigrants and, uh, you know, uh, the ISIS, you know, we should probably take them out, you know, go yeah. after their families. That wouldn't fly, no, would it? No, no, So, like, why does it go the other way? No, Airbnb did the thing on Tolerant. They did a, they created a hashtag called We Accept, and they showed how we're all one people around the world. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, good luck being a black person trying to find a place on Airbnb, because it <laughs> turns out there's a huge amount of racism on there, and black people are having trouble booking places. I'm sure. Because people don't want to, don't want to rent, the Airbnb people don't want to rent to black people. So, there's a few issues there, but at least Airbnb is like a modern millennial tech company. I kind of get that. Uh, but Budweiser, come on. <laughs> just, just come on. I mean, that was so disingenuous. It was just like, and I'll point them, they're not the only ones who did it, but that's just an obvious case of people placating a group of people for political correctness that they honestly, earnestly do not believe in. Yeah. There's no more racist talk going on around a single object than a, than a keg of Budweiser. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's actually true now I think about it. Uh, usually my keg. <laughs> Uh, all right, Matt, I want to end today on black babies. Uh, we got an email from Shelly. I don't know if you keep up. I think you're, uh, you have Google text alerts for Madonna's going to about what Madonna's up to recently. Uh, Madonna, who a couple weeks ago was saying Trump should be blown up in the White House, and a couple weeks before that saying she was going to blow anybody, blow, give sloppy blowjobs to anybody who voted for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Seems like a great mother. She has, oh, and, and a few weeks before that was in court because her son ran away from her because he was sick of hanging around her and wanted to be with his father and smoke cigarettes and smoke weed rather than live with Madonna. She got a, sort of a spotty record as a mom, you no might say. No one really likes her, do they? Uh, nobody outside her immediate circle seems to like her that much, and her kids especially don't seem to like her, but she's adopted two more black babies from Africa. Okay. Uh, it's a very popular thing. So here's my question. So I, I, I've, this is a very easy topic to get in a fight with people over because... I, I think even you and I disagree on this issue. She adopts, routinely adopts, goes to Malawi, which is her, her adoption place of, place of favor. That's like going to Ikea. Like, why she likes to shop for black babies. Just her preference. She had secretly adopted two more black kids from Malawi. And everyone goes like, okay, like it's kind of insidious what she's doing. She's adopting black babies. But at least these orphan, poor Malawi girls are going to grow up and have a much better life. So here's what Shelly wants to know. And nobody names their kids Shelly anymore, but they really should. Shelly wants to know, would you rather grow up indigent in Ebola-ridden AIDS Africa or be, Maga- or be Madonna's kid? Which would you rather be, Matt? Which is better for these kids? Which would you rather be yourself? So these two kids out of the... Twin sisters. Hundreds of thousands. Um, well, she's adopted like six of them already, but she can only take so many. So instead of maybe like they're building ador- up, They're adorable, by the way. She only adopts adorable kids. Take, take that money for the adoption fees that you're probably bribing people with and maybe build up the community, maybe look out for all the kids, maybe. We'll, we'll just snag a couple you of You could them. do that. Like, Oprah, like, let's say Oprah as a distinct difference. Oprah doesn't want anything to do with kids. She doesn't know any kids. She's got her lesbian girlfriend and her whatever he is, husband, guy, boyfriend. She's a woman who doesn't want kids in her life. So she spends a lot of money, like... 
building shit in Africa, right? To try and, like, schools and high schools and colleges and stuff like that in Africa. Mm-hmm. Which, despite the fact there was one school where they were beating the kids pretty badly, uh, probably held thousands and thousands of indigent, like, Africans, right? Right. Versus Madonna, who snaps two, buys two off the market, takes them back to New York, and they're, by the way, she only picks adorable black kids, I've noticed. Just the most, the cutest two sisters you've ever seen in your entire life. You think she has like a mail order child? I think catalog? that if the kids had cleft palates and like one ear, she would not be adopting them. <laughs> I I honestly believe that. I think you're probably right. Yeah. So here's the kid. Just, just on principle, is it better? Do you think these kids have a better life being raised as Madonna's kids? Let's say by the time they reach eighteen, as Madonna's kids, or just growing up poor with swollen stomachs and orphanages with Africa, potentially getting AIDS and Ebola. Well, you're probably going to be psychologically fucked up and um, sort of deprived of culture and everything growing up as Madonna's kid. Yes. But at least you got a shot of beating it when you're... You're going li- to gonna live. You're definitely going to live. Well, and you, you, you have a shot of having a career and sort of being a productive person. It's probably not high, but yes. you, you do have it. Yeah, but, although um, I, I will point out Mia Farrow, who did the same thing, adopted the kids in Vietnam and other places around the world. A lot of them, and some some black kids, babies, a lot of them seem to be dead now. <laughs> they seem to have died prematurely from suicide or disease or other things like that. Well, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not great. You'd, you'd be much better off being adopted by a uh, middle class couple in yes. Topeka, like a cool sure. black couple, a cool black couple, hundred percent somewhere not Madonna. But when you're a street kid in Malawi, you yes. really got you got nothing, right? There's probably prostitution and lies in your future. The Olympics. <laughs> yes. Well, if you're a good runner. A great story for two sisters. I just wonder. This really, I mean, superficially, it smacks of like rich white person going to grab black, cute black babies, buy cute black babies from Africa. That stigma definitely exists, which I would be willing to look past if it actually was, practically speaking, a better life for these kids. Because mm-hmm. then it's hard to argue. Like, okay, so maybe it is kind of racist, imperialist, and old school. But at the end of the day, these two kids are going to like fucking NYU, and they're like healthy, and they have don't have. Ebola AIDS. Right. I just I'm like I just merging Ebola AIDS together is like the worst thing you could get. It's like Ebola and AIDS. Um, so mean, there's there's that argument. But my question is, are those kids really better off, or would Madonna be you know if she really wanted to help these kids, like go in when they're like 16 and like give them grants to go to school and leave the fucking shitty country once they've made it that far and they've grown up in their own culture. And by the way, I don't think you get psychologically damaged. You don't get psychologically damaged. I know rich people don't understand this. But you don't get psychologically damaged by growing up really poor if everyone around you is also really poor. Right. If you grow up eating bugs, you actually don't get psychologically damaged if that's what everyone else does. You might get sick, but you don't like think like, God, I'm weird and life sucks and all this other stuff when like everyone around you is in the same situation. Right. It's just normalized. It's completely normalized for you. Uh, so what do you say, Matt? Madonna? Would you rather be Madonna's son or would you rather have grown up in uh, uh, Malawi as a poor uh, black girl? I would rather be Madonna's son, but I think that it's not going to end well. There's going to be drugs. There's going to be uh, mass identity confusion. Um, you know why Rocco? You know why Rocco left? Her teenage son left her because he was she was dragging him around to all their her world tours. He was essentially living with like gay Moroccan dancers <laughs> and watching his mom strip naked and like. Do all sorts of weird sex And she was sex using shit. him as a prop. And, and she was using him as a prop on stage. Bringing him on stage, which makes me wonder if these kids are kind of props because... Oh, you think? Oh, you think? They're black, you think? And, and that's cool, but 
I mean, would would she get as much attention if she adopted him from uh, Eastern Europe where they looked like her? No, she absolutely would not. She would probably get as much positive attention if she adopted, like, crack babies from the inner city in the United States. But guess what? Crack, in, uh, crack babies in the United States, those kids have a lot of problems. A lot of lemons in those, that A lot bunch. of lemons in that group, and they don't look adorable like these other kids, and they grow up to have lots of psychological problems and lots of criminal problems and lots yeah. of addiction problems and all that stuff. It's, like, almost guaranteed. So she's basically shopping, like, just like all the ladies in uh, L.A. are convincing one another to buy Nordstrom to go shop at Persis and Nordstrom's now right. <laughs> to help out the anti-Trump ban. She's basically shopping for cute, adorable black babies, which it's kind of hard to get away from the racist angle of that, isn't it? They are conspicuously black. Be- and, yes. I mean, do, do black chicks do this? Do they adopt little Northern Ireland? Uh... No, it seems to be mostly Sandra Bullock and Catherine Heigl and, and other... Because, like, Syria could use a few adoptions. They, you know, there's some people there, uh, well, on, now on the Turkish border, that could use some help. No, or... it's, you're right. It seems to be Senator Angelina Jolie, Mia Fair, we talked about. All these people seem to adopt kids from either, uh, like, black African... Or uh, Vietnamese. Is it just that the governments in Africa are so fucked that you can just go over there and take them on your plane and no one fucking files any papers? I think you could probably... Well, that happened last time. So Madonna was very did the paperwork this time. She did all the paperwork and showed her the paperwork. But it turns out it was a two-year process she did in 30 days. So she may have, she may have expedited it a little bit. Might be a little bribery. <laughs> like when, I, I always picture like when the Madonna private like Virgin jet flies over, whatever it is, the Maverick Virgin jet flies over. That like all the kids below are circling. All the parents are pushing their kids out, like, you yeah. know, like, like dressing them up, putting cute bows in their hair. It's like sort of like you know, like you imagine like Cambodia, like when the when the child child sex guys come, the sex tourist guys come, and they're pushing out the nine year olds like dread like slinky dresses yeah, to yeah. like make a hundred bucks. I think all the kids when they see oh Madonna's planes up in the air starts landing, they start pushing all the all the little girls out with like they can put them in cute dresses and stuff like that. Going, you do be good for Madonna now, be good for Madonna. We want that money. We really right, need that right. money. And these guys all have the guy who, the guy who's the father of these girls said like, the mom died, and I have seven other kids. Well, I don't know what happened. For him. That's why the that's why the mom died. By the way, <laughs> she, uh, she had died having children. So maybe think about not having so much kids. I right, Matt, you're voting for Madonna's kids. I'm voting to be Malawi. I would rather be raised in Malawi. So yeah, the hyena man might come around when you're 12, <laughs> give you AIDS, and you have to do some prostitution, and you got 18 hours of hard labor a day, and you've got the swollen belly. Uh, and you're eating bugs. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you reach 18, it's like a huge milestone. I mean, what are your odds at one point when the kid's 13, 14, kind of hormonal? He's like, I wish I never left Malawi. <laughs> yes. I bet you that will happen. Well, she has some black boys, too. Uh, I just think, have you ever met, have you ever met uh, I'm sure you have met one or two. Have you met people that were raised, born and raised in Africa, like black Africa? Yeah. They all seem to be really nice people. Yeah, they do. They seem to be extremely well-adjusted, extremely polite, and extremely, like, you know, if they're driving a cab or they're doing some city job, they all seem to be very happy. Like, I don't know. It just seems to me like you grew up in that, and, like, now you're driving a cab, and you're kind of happy. Well, no one's going to pick a guy with a bad attitude, are they? Well, drive the cab. No, but even students and stuff like that, they all seem to be very... Well, a lot of them are, like, missionaries go over, and they find a guy that's either... Real, um, you know, naive or just really into self-preservation that pretends to love Jesus. And, I also uh, think if you grew up eating bugs and you get to America, even if you're eating like fucking shit nachos from Seven Eleven, you're pretty fucking happy, right? Do, well, I don't know. There's a documentary. It's a really great documentary um, about the uh, Sudan, the kids from Sudan that had to walk uh, through their war-torn uh, 
country and they walked to, to salvation something like a thousand miles or something nuts. Jesus. And uh, so they finally got this grant from the government or whatever it is. They were they brought all of them. It was this group of like 50 kids and they brought them over to America as refugees. And uh, they had real problems adapting and a lot of them ended up in jail and a lot of them were just pissed. They're like, I have this minimum wage job and I don't, I, like, yes. it sucks and I take the bus two hours, I get home, I can't do anything, I fucking hate this, I want to go back. I totally agree. I mean, they're trying to raise money now to get back to the, Sudan, to the ghettos, <laughs> the poor places in Sudan, right? Yeah. I don't, I actually, I totally see that. I think it, there is a price to be paid for lift airlifting people out of their homeland yeah. and taking them other places. It's being like here and they're like wait this isn't that great dude I work at fucking Burger King like I don't have any skills. <laughs> well that won't be Madonna's kids by the way so. No I, they won't work anywhere. Matt you have something you wish to pimp and promote for this week on the show? Uh, MattRalston.net uh, some Trump lawsuit stuff and uh, my album. Which wait I'm, how come you're not it was before I want to talk about your album how come you're not being sued for $150 million like Daily Mail? Um, why, why is Melania suing them for $150 million for calling her a hooker and you got nothing? I think I'm probably not considered a journalist. I don't well, know. That, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Could it also be they don't think you have $150 million? Uh, mm. I would love for them to sue you for $150 million and just laugh. Just like kind of laugh. <laughs> By the yeah. way, there's no way in hell they're going to go forward with that lawsuit because would you... That would allow the Daily Mail, who's not a cheap outfit that has a lot of money. They're a real estate company. Uh, well, they, they're a multi-billion dollar company. And to hire really savvy lawyers who then get to depose Melania Trump about her sex working past? Are you yeah. kidding me? That would never happen. They would never allow that. Well, see, I think they recognize that I might just be crazy enough that they're like, uh, you know what? This isn't like, uh, there's no like board of directors here. This guy might just be rogue. Yes. Let's, let's just let him fucking. Yeah. Talk. Also, you could be, you'd be a more sympathetic defendant, I think. Everyone hates, so. the Daily, everyone hates the Daily Mail because they run so much bad gossip, and Piers Morgan runs them. Yeah. So it's kind of that kind of thing. All right, tell me about your album. Where can we find your album? On iTunes. Trigger Warning. Yes. Trigger. I'm leaking, all, I'm, I'm leaking all the early releases of that stuff. Nice. Uh, I do like it. Actually, it's, it's on my iTunes thing, so it's in my rotation on my iPod. <laughs> so I, I get to... So every guess, now and then at a party, someone's like, what the fuck? Well, uh, I don't go to a lot of parties. No one invites me. But uh, <laughs> at the gym, which I go to even less than parties, I'll be like working out and all of a sudden like one of your songs comes on. <laughs> I kind of like, I want to play it out loud. I want to blast the speaker. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. You listen to Trigger Warning? I'm listening to Trigger Warning. Trigger yeah, me Warning. Too, me too. Uh, for Brian, Sound of Junior Stars, I want to thank Rocco's. Yeah. The place to be in Studio City. Thank you, Rocco's and your Rocco's crowd. You are always tremendous as always. This is Lex. Last Minute Earth. Talk to you next week. Woke up early at 11 a.m. and slammed a non-gluten IPA. Went to Whole Foods to pick up some free-range chicken killed by rubber bullets. The dude in front of me had some elk they flew in from Yosemite. It was more expensive than mine. He was shaming me. Went home and fed the chicken to my dog while I cried in my Chardonnay over income inequality. Technically, I'm part of the 1%, but it's the 0.1% who own all the jets. We'll never attain equal status in this country until we all have a Cessna. Someone will have to watch and pilot them, but I'm applying for an exemption because I have chronic fibromyalgia and early onset low T. When I fly coach my knees get weak and my hands start shaking my parents keep buying me those tickets i'm gonna block them on facebook came out of the store a sexy non-binary gender queer hottie checked out my ass it made me uncomfortable so i called the police to report another rape since my time at yale i've actually been raped 217